Welcome to the No BS Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Christina Tahami, and we're going to be talking about all things health and wellness with none of the bullshit. It is time to get real about fitness, diet, dating, nothing is off topic. Make sure to hit that follow to hear all of your favorite topics with zero filters. Hello and welcome back to the No BS Health Podcast. This is your favorite podcast and I'm excited to have you back. This is actually going to be a fun episode because, and I don't really want to give a lot of updates actually on this episode. I feel like I'll do a whole update and, you know, I'll probably do a solo episode next week. So before we get into it, I'm doing an interview today with one of my friends, Abby Fernandini. You guys, we've actually never met in person and I don't even know when we met and how we started following each other and how we started connecting, but I feel like we've been Instagram friends for a few years. I know that she, I think I had met her when she just was leaving or moving out of California. Um, this is right around COVID time, but I love following her because I just feel like we have so much in common. She's super easy to talk to. This is a really fun episode to listen to. It's not like a basic interview. There's a lot of banter, a lot of good conversation. We've we've definitely both gone through a lot of the same health issues and have gone down the same rabbit holes when it comes to health and wellness, but I really had a good conversation. The main reason why I wanted to have her on was hearing her birth story and watching her on Instagram. You know, when it comes to conventional medicine and pregnancy, and here's the thing too, guys, because I always get asked, can you do a whole pregnancy podcast episode? Well, first, as, as much as I do help many women get pregnant, which I'm so grateful for, this has actually happened the last month. I feel like I've had six emails telling me that these women are pregnant that I've worked with, and it's just the best news in the world, but I've personally never been pregnant myself, and I feel like it's hard for me to talk about this topic when I haven't experienced it and I haven't gone through it, and I, I can't wait for that day. I mean, I, I'm nowhere close to wanting to have a kid right now. I don't even have a man in my life to have a child with. So I feel like I needed someone that I trusted and that I really do have a lot in common with when it comes to my mindset on health and wellness, and that is Abby. You know, when I was following her while she was pregnant, she was having raw fish. We go into this. She was having all these foods that I would eat when I'm pregnant, but obviously conventional medicine tells you otherwise. And I actually didn't know the details of her birth story and what she went through. And it's like my, you guys couldn't see me because I do the video recording, but I don't post it. My mind, my mouth was open. My eyes were like, holy shit, what the hell did this girl go through? And I'm definitely going to have her back on because I think we talked for an hour and a half and then we ended up talking for another 30 minutes on Zoom. And I was like, dude, it's been two hours. Like I got to go, but like, I could have you on again. So please let me know if you guys like this because I feel like there's a lot that I want to go into. I feel like she's a really good person to talk to about like health, wellness, influencer stuff, all the things like honestly, guys, Abby is fucking amazing. Please go follow her. And if you don't know who she is, she's a wellness gal. She's a chef's wife. You guys should follow her husband. He owns a restaurant and the restaurant is actually in New York. So if you live in New York, I absolutely recommend that you go. It's a Peruvian restaurant. They don't use any seed oils. It's called Artesano, but her husband is Peruvian and he owns a restaurant and we go through how they met. It's pretty crazy. I love following him. Yeah, so, so cool. But she's also a little boy mom who's spent the last seven years in the health space. She's formerly 
the content director for the Health Institute and has a really big interest in independent research. She's amazing, really. I honestly am sad that we don't live in the same state and we've never met in person, but I really hope that we stay connected. And again, I'm definitely going to have her back on because she's so dope and please go follow her. I'll put all her Instagram, her restaurant's Instagram in the show notes. You can follow her husband. I think he has like a million on Instagram and yeah, his Instagram and his social media for sure blew up. Um, But looking at their food, you guys... It's like, I need to find myself a chef husband or something because his food always looks so, so good. And I hope to go to their restaurant one day. They're opening a new restaurant in Miami, actually. So, all right, so much to get into. This is a really, really good episode, you guys. I'm like really, really excited for you to listen to it and let me know what you think. But I know I get just so much feedback about how you guys don't really care for interviews. And it's mostly because I feel like I'm not talking. These people are low-key boring. No, they're not boring. But like, it's hard to banter back and forth with a lot of people. For me specifically, I like to keep things light and fresh. I don't come in with questions. You know, with Abby, I was like, I have nothing planned because we started recording or we started the Zoom. And before I hit record, I was like, well, wait, let's not catch up. Let's catch up on the podcast because I feel like, again, I could probably talk to her for hours off recording and I we didn't have time for that. So, Without further ado, here is Abby. All right, you guys, I have my good friend, Abby Fernandini. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to banter about all the things. I, we were literally just talking, you guys, about how I don't like to do interviews because everyone's boring or I just feel like I don't talk back. It's just me asking questions. But Abby's amazing. So maybe... Let's turn we off the answer this episode because I want to know. You probably do not know who you are. <laughs> so maybe, maybe introduce yourself, maybe give your age, where you live, what you do. Yes. Okay. Hi, guys. My name is Abby. Like Christina said, um, I am 26, gonna be 27 this next year. Stop. Why did I think you were my age? Well, how old are you? I'm almost 29. <laughs> No, we're doing great. We're basically in the same. You, you're um, you're family. basically married with a child, and I'm still single. So <laughs> no, we're on different. <laughs> also, just like live in this era because yes, guys, I do in fact have an eight month old. He is the other love of my life besides my husband. Um, he's also a labor of love and a lot of work. And I don't know. I've been in the health space for like seven years now. And I like started opening a bunch of like USDA organic juice bars. I don't know if you knew that. And no. we opened, I worked for this company. We opened like 150 across the country. And that's how I met my husband because he had a restaurant, a little restaurant in California. I met him there while I was opening up all these juice bars in the Bay Area. And then I ended up meeting him right before the pandemic. We met. He's a chef. Uh, he likes to cook a little and um just a little bit guys not a lot but he has a million followers a little (laughs) he likes to cook we have a restaurant in new york city in tribeca it is seed oil free so if you ever if you ever get to artisano we're opening one in miami this next year um well it's in under construction or it's going under construction and we'll be there by 2025 hopefully it'll be open (laughs) I actually because I was just before we hit record I was like I haven't talked to you since right when your restaurant opened and I don't even remember when that was oh okay so it's been open for a little over a year 
So we hit the year mark in October. So it's been open for a year and three months now, a year and four months. Wow. So it's been doing? crazy. It's been a whirlwind. And I had gotten pregnant literally two months before it opened. So I thought my world was like crashing down around me. I think at the time that we had started talking, <laughs> I was like, everything's not okay. I'm living in New York City pregnant. I'm working. Um, and it was a lot. But so- here we are now. So I'm confused because I remember you lived in Florida. You lived in Miami for a short period of time. And then I know you rest opened a restaurant and you lived in New York. So what kind of like where are you guys living right now? Do you go back and forth with New York, the restaurant, Miami? So we have a house that we had bought in Florida before we ended up going to New York City. So we have like got the house. It's down here actually in Tampa Bay. So we're like I'm going to Tampa in April. I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be in Peru. You're going the wrong month. I will literally just miss you. That's very I literally just booked my flight yesterday. I'm visiting a friend who lives in Tampa. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I live not in Tampa, but I live in St. Petersburg, which is the adjoining beach city. Like she'll probably take you there. Like it's great. So we live in Madeira Beach um, at the moment. That is changing. But we had a place up in New York City and we had the house down here. We were going back and forth for a little bit. And it was honestly absurd, the whole thing. And I was literally flying back and forth for my prenatal appointments at one point because I was like, I know I'm giving birth in Florida, but I'm in New York trapped in winter. So I just kept going back and forth. And so now we're here. We're moving in March back to Peru for a bit because we had lived there before we did all this um, for a little bit. And we're going to be there for like five months. And then we moved to Miami. So we're nomads at the moment with a child. Do that. Do you have family or does he have family in Peru, obviously? So his mom lives in Spain full time with her husband, who is like a British Spanish guy. And he does real estate. So they kind of like bought between England and Spain. But she comes to Peru all the time because the rest of Rodrigo's like family lives there. So his brother lives there, like all of his aunts, uncles, all of the cousins, everybody's still in Peru and Lima. So when we go down, we have like a place now we have like an Airbnb that we're renting because we're going to be there for a long time. But we'll stay with like family, friends, like whenever we go. Um, and so, yeah, so that is the situation. Your family, like, not, are they not sad, like, your side of the family? Because I feel okay. like. So, yes, like, this is the interesting part is, like, also when you have a great, like, when you have given your family, like, grandkids, it's like, how do you split the time now? This is, like, the new question. So my parents have been around us for a long time. So my parents have a place in North Carolina and in Florida here in our neighborhood here. So they've had so much time to spend with Luca. They're like always with him. They've gotten to see him so much. We've done like all the Christmases together the last few years because of COVID. So we're kind of like in a place where it's kind of time to spread the love to the other family members. So we're doing Christmas with his mom this year in Spain. So it's just like, it's kind of interesting. It's really hard to balance when you have international families like that. It's just, and his dad lives in California. So like, everybody is all over the place but yeah my parents will definitely be very sad very sad when well I kind of want to get into like how you got into health because I feel like that's kind of how we found each other and I don't even remember how we I don't even know how we followed each other but we did I don't yeah I don't remember remember yeah I was like I don't even know when or how it happened but I'm like Abby's cool and I'm like I haven't checked in with her and she's pregnant and obviously I want to get into all that because I get asked a lot about how to deal with pregnancy and what to eat and what and obviously like if I were pregnant I would know what to do but I love to hear from someone like you in the health and wellness space who already has had a child and you know 
you've gone through it. So I feel like you were the perfect person to interview, but backtracking, I want to kind of get into your health history and what brought Um, you to doing juice stuff. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I will give you like the quick spiel. So I grew up standard American diet. Um, love my dad, love my grandpa and love my uncle so much. And this is some stuff that I don't really share, but they all worked in big food. So my uncle was the VP of Kellogg's. My grandfather was a VP of marketing for Silk Soy Milk. And my dad so is, yeah, and my dad is an executive for the Hershey Chocolate Company. You so, are kidding me right now. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. My dad is retiring. He worked there for 31 years and he's retiring this May. So I am like kind of the black sheep of my family because my brother even works with Hershey Chocolate Company. Like he works as like a data analyst, like something. So I am like the black sheep of the family in the sense of I like never really felt good eating those foods growing up. I was always like, I I ate them when I was younger. And then I think like high school rolled around and I got really self-conscious about that sort of stuff. And so I started trying to like make make foods and then by the time college hit I was fully on my own and I finally had like my own ability to go and oh that's Rodrigo he's calling me (laughs) I was like who's that um so I had my like ability to go to the grocery store myself and to like buy the foods I wanted to buy and I had lived by Trader Joe's so I started down the route with Trader Joe's and just started like learning to cook the basics I had not I had literally zero skills like I I barely knew how to boil water everything was microwaved growing up and it's not to say that my like parents my dad did know how to cook and my mom did a little bit but again, it's just like, you don't know what you don't know. And so we've all made like big changes as a family, but that's how I started. Like I started like on the opposite end of the spectrum. So I knew I was really interested in health. And, um, at the same time I was going to school, I started my major in kinesiology. So I got it in like exercise science and did like a lot of like kind of little bit clinical focus while I was in school. So just did the undergrad portion and was like, oh, do I want to go for chiropractic school? Do I want to go for PT? Do I want to OT? Like there was all these different and nothing was clicking. So at the same time I started, I worked for this literally like local mom and pop juice bar called Clean Juice. Um, it had just opened up in Charlotte. It was like the first of its kind. It was all USDA organic. And again, it was like very much so like the juice crazes, acai bowls, the smoothies. But I mean, the ingredients were very clean. It was like kind of like the Sun Life organics of the East Coast. So everybody really hopped on the train and I was like one of the first employees. And so while I was in college, it ended up blowing up and they started franchising it. So while I was in school, I started working as like one of their marketing people. So my senior year of college, I just started traveling nonstop, helping them open all of these juice bars in all of these different states. So I think like my senior year of college, I went to like something like 20 states and was like opening them on the weekends, going and doing like consults. So got in really early and I was on this like particular track, had gotten this like weird marketing role, but I was like studying like kinesiology. So I just kind of like married the two together and was like, I really like this. I really like talking about this stuff. I like meeting all of the health professionals that we're kind of like working with in all the different areas. So I just kind of kept down that route and then kind of niched down a little bit more and started working with like health and wellness companies and contracting as well. So I ended up out in California 
And then I started working with like magnesium topical companies and like this company and that company. And so I started like doing a lot of self-research, you know, you just like start independently researching and you go down a million rabbit holes and you realize that all of the things you once believed that were healthy are kind of like not. And you, I feel like I have that revelation at least once a year where I like, I hopped on like the, like matt blackburn train where like matt blackburn and pro metabolic which everyone is hopping on and he changes his mind 500 times people keep asking sorry i'm interrupting you people oh, keep asking yeah, me to, <laughs> people keep asking for him to come on my podcast and i like had to mute him and i'm sorry because he follows me i was like you change your mind every fucking second and then i i don't know people who follow each other you can see their notes i don't know if he follows you he literally listen to this he said, testing out 300 milligrams of magnesium this night. Wow. So anyway, sorry, just like pro-metabolic and Matt Blackboard thing. Like everyone's fearing vegetables, which people still do with carnivore MD. For me, it's like everything in moderation, but like, why are we fearing something as simple as vegetables? It's absurd. Like the whole thing is absurd. So I fell down that rabbit hole with the copper, like zinc, I did a little bit as well when I was like researching, but I never like promoted it or like, I I jacked myself up. I got my HDMA tests back and I was so zinc deficient, probably because of the amount of like all of this other stuff that I was doing that was so copper heavy. I blew my zinc out of proportion. Anyway, so we could go down a whole rabbit hole on that. I but would like, love to talk about it a little bit because I've never talked about it. I was like, and I feel like no one gets it. Yeah, I was pissed. I, I realized like, cause I, I, like the, everything was like the blinders came off and I was like, I've been tanking my health because I was taking this like kind of off the cusp advice that kind of at face value made sense. And I got like the copper cure book and like was reading all this stuff. And I was like, Oh, it makes sense only to be like, actually get my labs back and see what was going on. And I was like, this is all a lie. (laughs) What did you get back with your labs? Like, if you don't mind me asking and sharing, like, what did you do when you followed him? Because honestly, I don't think he understands how many people he's harming. I really, really don't. I don't think he gets it. But I want to know like what you were doing and what your labs came and then maybe what you've been doing now and how you kind of did a 180 on your health. Yeah. So I am like no stranger to skin issues. Skin issues are like in my family absurd to the point of like every single family member of mine has been on Accutane except for me. So I have like from the last two years, I have literal scarring that I'm like going to get lasered soon because I like just really tanked my minerals and was on this trail with Matt Blackburn of, Oh, I need to be eating like, like lots of this, like beef liver, this, that. And like, again, some of the stuff is great. Bee pollen, like all this stuff. Beef or liver, all good. Yeah. High dose, this high dose, that like, I mean, he was really big with the vitamin E. He was really big with like no ascorbic acid, only whole food vitamin C. He was like, so I was like, I was like, okay, this is interesting stuff. The ascorbic acid. Oh, it's derived from mold. Like I like went down these rabbit trails where I was like, some of that stuff really sounded scary. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to use ascorbic acid if it's derived from black mold. Like, you know? So anyway, I got my like HTMA test back and now granted, I got this back 
after I had been pregnant and was in postpartum and was breastfeeding. So it's not exactly, I was having health issues before I got pregnant though. So it's not exactly to say, oh, he single-handedly or like this advice single-handedly tanked my health. Um, but he was definitely a contributor to probably the amount of acne that I have dealt with over the last two years. And when I got my lab results back, I was like astonished at how low my zinc levels were. And it honestly clicked for me and it made so much sense because I live in a very, very like sunny environment. I live in like Florida. So we get high, high UV People in sunshine need high, high levels of zinc, which is why fish is so widely consumed on coastal, like in coastal regions and like especially in like southern areas near the equator because the levels of zinc, like it's ancestrally consistent, as we would say. Anyway, so yeah, I just really had taken like a dive and had like completely tanked my levels to the point where I'm still trying to get them back up and it's been like months and I am probably so copper toxic at this point that was it through the roof on your hair test it was through the roof that's really scary um for him with the vitamin e a lot of people do really well on vitamin e like i've had clients where it really does help and super individual however when i did my genetic test i was doing a genetic testing it was like vitamin e supplementation is like gonna be poison to you and i was like it made sense because anytime i took a vitamin e i would have yeah. And I didn't know it was causing my acne until I stopped it. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, that's the thing is like, it's so bio-individual, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of that that's failed to be addressed in a lot of the protocols he was talking about. Like it was like to the point where they were like, everybody's copper talk, like, or everybody's copper deficient, like all of your levels, your iron, like your iron overload, your this, your that, like it was like, and he the says all this without like, testing. Like I would never tell someone like when I do HMAs, I would never tell someone they needed it unless it was very deficient. Unless I'm like, clearly you have nothing there. Obviously you need it. But like, I wouldn't just tell someone to do these high dose things like he does because he's literally telling these people without doing any testing. He's like, everyone is this. And for some odd reason, everyone listens to Matt Blackburn, which I don't understand because he's fucking weird. And he goes back and forth. He's like, I'm moving to Iowa. And then I'm moving to San Diego. And he's like, oh my God. Well, I... I think it's the way that he talks that he sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And I think the way he writes, it captures a lot of people, even in the health space's attention. Um, And it takes like a really like deep dive. And like even so many health practitioners like have like gone completely on that side of things where they're just like convinced now that everybody's iron overloaded and, like, and I think you know, some can be right. Like this oh, is like, some can be, but, but it, you were saying like 99% of the population because of acid rain and all of this other stuff and this and that, like the whole entire population and, and like fortified foods, like we were all iron toxic and like iron overloaded. And I was like, why is you know, it that else feel like yeah. carnivore MD? I would love to hear your thoughts on it because I just feel like everyone's hopped on that train where I'm like, are we really fearing kale? Or like yeah, like you're gonna die on like that's you're gonna die. There's like obviously there are some oxalates, there are some lectins, but like this is where everything in moderation. Like you obviously shouldn't be having steak three times a day. Same thing, you shouldn't be having 
30 pounds of kale a day. Like, but you're not going to die from like, I make homemade kale chips for my garden. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die from kale chips. It's so, it's so absurd. Oh, like, oh, all the other thing before I get into carnivore empty, the other thing that killed me was the poofa thing that they'd go on and like minimize fish, minimize fish, minimize fish because of the poofa. I'm like, we live by the coast. It is a bioavailable food that is so nutrient dense. Like you're telling me that this is like gonna make me no it's like what heals my skin because it's like half of these like fish the things like sardines oysters all this stuff they've got like great zinc content like yeah, like you can't have sardines or salmon and I'm like well what what if that's all the fish that people can find is frozen salmon that's uncanned sardines like that's all they can afford like it's just so mind-blowing of how everything is so fearful which is why I tell people everything in moderation like poofas do exist obviously you don't want to be having cedars we are poofa overloaded but that doesn't mean that you should avoid fish, like fish also it's like that's not gonna have the same effect come on like it's not, eating a like fatty fish like sashimi style ceviche style whatever you want is not gonna be the same as you like eating some like fried crap in vegetable oil it's totally different you cannot compare the two like I, I honestly muted him so I have no idea what he's up to and I'm like it just makes I'm like I will never have this man on my podcast ever yeah he's he, I, I I regret listening the way that I did and this but this is also the thing with him and then I'm going to talk about carnivore he like tells you like listen and do your own research and go at your own discretion so i always in the back of my head was like okay okay i need to do my own research but then i would like listen to all the stuff he was saying and like see like the stuff he was presenting and i was like wow it's so compelling that i didn't actually go down the rabbit trail myself like i wish i had and so that was really frustrating for me because i was like shame on you abby like i feel like i should have done like a better job but he was so convincing so it's the way that he says it where he wanted yeah. to have you ever seen me besides like some like a probiotic where i never push this shit on people like you have to take this because right. you're this like I would never do that and I think when people want people like it though because he's offering them quick free advice if you think about it it's all free and quick however the free quick advice is not always the best advice so true I mean you've got literally carnivore md out there giving quick free advice on his Instagram so <laughs> carnivore md first of all carnivore md used to be a vegan so now he's carnivore what that tells me and he's a psychologist what that tells me is that he has a lot of problems with extremism and um he doubles down on dogma and doesn't actually like he will not admit when he's wrong so there's been plenty of instances somebody i do love on instagram and he is like he will just cut to the like he's who is it i want to follow him biolane do you follow him what's his name bio lane he is b-i-o-l-a-y-n-e he is so savage with these influencers like and all these people he will take I'm scared video. he's gonna come after me <laughs> um, he will like no he like he does like glucose goddess videos he does like paul saladino videos like he debunks he's like the master debunker is and team bio lane uh or is there like bio lane official lane bio lane b-i-o-l-a-y-n-e it's just bio lane he was just on joe rogan so anyway he just does a really good he i think he's recently become friends with andrew huberman too 
he just does a really good job. Like he just does a really good job of debunking a lot. Like he, it, he's just very evidence-based. And I think that rubs a lot of people the wrong way because of how evidence-based and how rigid he is about that stuff. But it also puts really good guardrails to where you don't get um, too into one extreme because he just is so clear cut and kind of focused. And some of his stuff, like, mind you, it's like mean, like he's harsh. He's not like, he's not like a sunshine rainbows guy, but like he will like call bullshit on a person's like post in, in a heartbeat. And he gives like a full explanation. The thing, I mean, look, that's why I say everything in moderation, but I kind of want to go through maybe your pregnancy and cause we've kind of been off and on with nutrition. Now that we're talking about it, I want to go over like what you did to start to feel good. You're obviously, you got pregnant, you had a child, you're breastfeeding. You want to kind of go through like maybe what you eat in a day and what you found that works for you and makes you feel your best. So I, so pregnancy was super interesting. I didn't have any, like, I had one aversion to food and it was chicken. And it was because it could literally eat, like smell the soy and corn that that chicken had eaten because of how sensitive my nose was at the time. Like I could, I could like tell you if that chicken was like soy or corn fed. It was really weird. It was like a super sense. Um, But I didn't have any like aversions besides that. And I didn't really have any symptoms, which was really like such a blessing. And I would partially attribute it to like my, um, my focus on blood sugar balance, because I think that's like what a lot of women have really big issues with going into pregnancy is their blood sugar is just all over the board again. And also if you're like not pregnant and you're just dealing with PCOS and all that stuff, you know, like blood sugar is such a huge issue um, that I was like so hyper-focused on balancing my blood sugar that I would wake up in the morning and eat a beef stick first thing and get 10 grams of protein just from beef stick or nine grams or whatever, because that would literally hold off and stave off like any nausea that I had. Yeah. Um, People say to eat and get B12 and obviously, but to like eat to help your nausea. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like people, like if you, like if I would wake up and not eat for like an hour first thing in the like or not eat first thing in the morning, like I would have nausea roll in an hour or two later. And majority of the women that I know that are pregnant, they go in, they like, they wake up, they maybe drink a coffee and have like, you know, a croissant. And then they just like send their blood sugar, like, you know, through the ringer and your cortisol spikes from the coffee. And you just feel so unwell if you do something like that. So yeah, I would say blood sugar was a big thing. Now that is not the only reason for nausea. There's a lot of different reasons for morning sickness. And there's a lot of different deficiencies that come into play. Like magnesium is obviously a huge one. Your mineral cycling just takes like a whole nother level. I feel like when you're like pregnant and breastfeeding, like you just have to be on, you know, really on top of that stuff. But I would say that I, for some of the gals that I kind of like helped like with some of the morning sickness, it always got better if they really hyper-focused on protein. Um, That's not the case, like I said, for everybody. Um, But yeah, I was really lucky with kind of just like how the pregnancy went and how the symptoms went. Um, First trimester, like super tired. Second trimester, I was like, I felt like a new woman and I had all this energy and I just like, all I wanted to do is work out. And I was like, and I'm going to like, you know, make sure I'm building muscle. I'm in a bulking phase. Like I was like really like really into that 
And I was just like into moving my body because I was trapped in New York. So anytime I could get out and just kind of like, I was walking like six to seven miles a day some days in New York City at a certain point in my pregnancy. So I feel like I just like, I was just so active because the city makes you that way. Like you're just constantly walking to and from subways. So that was, that was a really nice like phase. And then third trimester hit and I was like labor prep. Okay. Like what do I need to do? So I did a home birth. Um, and that was not originally the plan. <laughs> so I like, I, Luca was breech, which for like, those of you who like, don't know what that is. It's like when his feet are like, they come out first and his head was up. And so usually by 32 weeks, majority of babies have flipped. And then by the time labor happens, it's like less than 1%. It's like, it's like something like a one to 2% chance the baby actually literally comes out breech because a lot of times they'll flip in labor, like a good chunk of them. Like it's like only three to 4% of babies are even carried like to 38 to 40 weeks in a breech position. So it's a very, un- it's like, it's not a common thing. And so they took it out of the hospital system, like training how to do vaginal breech delivery in 2001. And my grandmother like delivered my dad breech. And so I was with a birth center and I was like doing my normal, like flying to my prenatal appointments. So like 32 weeks, they were like, oh, baby's still breech. Like baby's still like head is like right up here. I could like feel him like poking on me. And then I could feel his feet were in my pelvis. And I was having like really bad um, pubic symphysis dysfunction, which is like the bone that connects. It's just, oh my God. He was really putting me through the ringer during the last week. So they they like by like week 35, I think they were like, you need to come up with an alternative option. So midwives and birthing centers are not legally allowed to deliver breach like vaginally. It, it's not allowed in most states, um, specifically here in Florida. It's not allowed. So, um, yeah, so it's it's kind of like taboo in a lot of ways. So they were like, you've got a few options. You can find like a doctor that will perform a c-section on you you can find a doctor who will um like maybe let you do a vaginal trial by delivery for breach there's only like one to two in the area and good luck trying to get in with them this late essentially and then there's like a third option which is like um something called an ecv and it's an external cephalic version um and they will manually turn the baby and you potentially need an epidural because it can be a super traumatic event because they're like externally rotating baby to go head down i like hated all three of those options i was like it does not make any sense to me that there is there's like there's no way that you're gonna tell me that I can't do this like your your body doesn't just create a baby that you like can't deliver and I know that that's like freaks a lot of people out um because like again there's a lot of instances where they're like thank god we were in the hospital for x y and z and while those are true statements like sometimes there is emergencies that happen a lot of times the interventions in birth actually cause a lot of complications so the inductions the epidurals the yeah you know my sister had an induction it wasn't coming out and they had to do an emergency c-section so this is like really interesting i'm gonna let you continue because you would think that you can't give birth with the feet out. Yeah. Oh, it's it's pretty crazy. 
But what your sister experienced is what a lot of women experience. And this is the cycle of events. So they give you a lot of different reasons why they're going to do an induction, right? They're like, oh, you have too much amniotic fluid. Oh, you have too little amniotic fluid. Oh, your water broke within this amount of time. We need to do it. Oh, you're 41 weeks. We need to schedule an induction. Oh, my sister was, she was very late. Yeah, which in and again, you could actually argue, was she actually late or did they miscalculate, you know, did they miscalculate based on her period when she actually conceived and maybe baby's only 38 to 39 weeks? There's a lot of miscalculations that happen. And that's like, again, another random caveat, but baby comes out when baby's ready. And so surfactant in the lungs is like a good indicator. And mom like is like usually very in tune with baby. And so like we get signals that baby's ready to come out based on the lungs. Usually that's like the last part. So, um, Inductions tend to rush things when things don't necessarily need to be rushed. It's just one of those other interventions that we've kind of gotten. And again, there are some reasons that it, you know, some women choose. And that's totally, you know, again, I'm all about medical freedom. But what happens is they get induced with Pitocin. The contractions are way stronger than any normal contraction that you would have physiologically speaking, that you have like a crescendo effect during natural labor. The contractions are way too strong, typically, for a woman to just, like, immediately go into to where she needs an epidural. The epidural sometimes relaxes her too much, um, and depending on how much Pitocin, they may give her more Pitocin. At this point, she's been, like, maybe dosed twice with Pitocin. She's got an epidural in her system, and now the fetal tones and the baby have gone down. You, They cannot read the fetal tones because baby's in distress. Mom also ends up going into distress a lot of times, and then they call for an emergency C-section. Oh my God, thank God you were in the hospital. Thank God we were able to save the baby. It's like the same story every single time. Like that I was hear, like, literally my sister. One of the most common questions I get is what probiotic I recommend. I love Just Thrive's spore-based probiotic. Did you know that most probiotics don't even make it alive by the time they get to your GI tract? With this spore-based probiotic, you can guarantee it will arrive 100% alive in your gut for maximum impact. It even has 1,000 times better survivability versus leading probiotics. This strain supports digestive, immune, and total body health. It beats bloat, gas, constipation, and diarrhea. It is even clinically proven to address leaky gut in just 30 days. Spore-based probiotics produces antioxidants at the most bioavailable location in your body, turning your gut into its own antioxidant factory. I love that their probiotic is safe for kids and safe to take during pregnancy. Other products of theirs I use are their gluten away supplement when eating out and their IgG supplement when I'm sick. If you want to try Just Thrive Probiotics, head to justthrivehealth.com and use the code Chrissy, K-R-I-S-S-Y at checkout for 15% off. It's it's like it happens to an, un- it happened to my friends like a couple months ago. This is why I wanted you on because mm-hmm. like, it, you know, obviously we have so much in common, but I'm going to let you continue because you obviously gave birth naturally. I did. And that was like the kicker. So like I said, breach is very uncommon, but I found a midwife who trained with an organization called Breach Without Borders. And they train physicians, midwives, et cetera, internationally how to deliver breach. And one of the biggest teachings that they teach is that breach is just a variation of normal. Because why would baby be in a breach position if we were going to labor, if we couldn't actually deliver that baby breach, right? Why would we have twins 
if the only way we're able to have twins is through C-section, none of that makes sense. Right. So like physiologically speaking, it's like completely incompatible with like, I mean, like if you have twins, you're getting scheduled for a C-section in this like Western culture. Um, so I found a midwife who is like a savage and I like keep her anonymous because, you know, for a lot of reasons, but she has seen it all. She's been in the birth industry for 30 years. I happened to like literally magically stumble upon her, um, through the grace of God. And I ended up having a meeting with her at 36 weeks and I gave birth to Luca at 38 weeks. So I had less than like, I basically had like less than two weeks with her. She came and visited me like once or twice and Luke was still breach. And then I give her a call at 38 weeks and I'm or Rodrigo does actually, because I was in labor in the shower going, Oh my God, like this baby is literally coming. And so she was trained in all these crazy scenarios for birth. She's seen twin breech births. She, and again, sometimes midwives arrive to a birth and they don't even know that the baby's breech. So like, cause babies can flip during labor too. So sometimes there's unexpected breech deliveries where there's nothing the midwife could do and they have to like make sure they're trained just in case. But her specialty was like, Oh no, I know how to do breech. And so my whole labor from 4am is like when it actively started and I was having contractions the like two previous days. I like from 4am, I gave birth to Luca at 9.30am. So it was like, like four and a half, five. It was like five hours. It was a short, short labor. She had two other moms that were also in labor and I was 38 weeks. So she's like, there's no way, like she's actually in the back of her head. She's like, there's no way she's actually in labor. She's a first time mom. Usually first time moms go to like 41, 42 weeks. There's no way she's actually in labor. It's 38 weeks. Like at this point, like I am, the contractions are bad enough where I'm like, I'm trying to time them and I can't even time them. And the birth assistant, thank God, she like walks in, she sees me, she's like, oh my God, she's like already like going into transition, which is the last phase before you get ready to push. So everything is like happening really fast. And at this point, I'm like, I don't even believe I'm in labor because and nothing has like popped. Like usually you'll have like a mucus plug, you'll have like your water break, nothing. I haven't seen anything. Like I haven't even like gone to the bathroom. Like, cause usually you'll like go to the bathroom the night before. Like I've had no symptoms other than the fact that like I have these crazy contractions happening. So anyway, long story short, I am on FaceTime with my midwife cause I'm in transition and she's like driving. She's like speed driving over to my house from two like other labors and she's got backup midwives that had to go there and she arrives and I get in the tub and I like start pushing so she like she like got there and I was like going and I like literally gave what, was anyone else with you besides Rodrigo so my mom was with me and Rodrigo was with me and tip uh like the birth assistant was with me so it did come out feet first so he came out feet first and this is the rule with breach you don't touch a breach baby so I was in the I was I did a water birth I was in the pool. You don't touch a breech baby. Like that is literally what they teach you in breech without borders. Like that is rule number one. You never touch breech baby because if you try to maneuver breech baby, breech baby's coming out legs first and it's neck. A lot of times people, again, who are unskilled do not realize you can break their necks. So the rule with breech baby is just let it hang, let it come out its own and be there to catch it as soon as it's out. So I did it in the water. So he like, just like, he came out, he rumped, which is like their butts, like come like their butts come out first and then their feet drop. And then their 
like like their sternum everything else comes out and then they're like he was hanging by his head for like a minute or two and it's like tmi i don't know but he was hanging by his head his neck was out everything and then like the last push he came out completely and i like grabbed him and like immediately started like um you stimulate them so that they cry and it's usually skin to skin contact that makes them actually cry painful like how did you feel i want to know all the Um, pain because you obviously didn't have an epidural people literally call me crazy because i'm like i wouldn't consider what I went through painful there's a difference between intensity and pain there's a huge difference in my opinion and so like the contractions like the fact that I think like I let the like hormone crescendo happen and again my labor was shorter so like some women get exhausted and the exhaustion is a lot of times like what really does them in so I like like I said I can't really like speak to the really really long labors I was having contractions the whole two days before but you're making uh, you want a natural like a water birth I've never like I don't know you know I'm, I'm nowhere close to pregnancy and then like give me five years but like hearing yeah. this story is actually mind-blowing because with what happened with my sister I was really confused because they're like oh you have to schedule an induction if it doesn't come by the state and like everything that you had stated was exactly what my sister went through and she was like the c-section was traumatizing like you know, it was just like very traumatizing. I'm like, why did she have a C-section? Because it was, I think it like, it wouldn't come out. Like even though yeah, she baby was wasn't ready. So they like induced you, but baby wasn't actually ready to come out. It maybe you didn't have the surfactant or it just, it mom hadn't received signal from baby. Like it's like saying, oh, your physiology is flawed. Like we need to schedule. Like, how dangerous is it to have a baby inside of you for longer than necessary? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, is it, there a, I don't know. I don't know anything. Yeah. So I like, uh, again, a lot of people will kind of like, kind of debate this. And from what I've read, baby comes out when baby's ready. Now, there are certain instances where you do need to monitor like placenta previa is like a certain condition. There are like, there are like one offs, but a lot of times what they use to schedule an induction is not a valid reason to actually have an induction so too much amniotic fluid too little amniotic fluid like even like things like water breaking like they'll sometimes they'll pop your water themselves like there's there's too much invasion that happens too many interventions that happen that like end up with the mom in a c-section and a lot of times like they'll schedule you for like i know a woman who just like did like she was quote unquote 44 weeks pregnant okay which sounds absurd when you say it you're like what she let that no her due date was completely miscalculated and that was like the problem so when she gave birth she wasn't 44 weeks pregnant when they went back and actually like she like recalculated everything she was only like 42 weeks pregnant which is like kind of the quote unquote cutoff that they say is natural. So a lot of times these women get in these situations where they're like, I'm 32, I'm 42 weeks pregnant. Like they're telling me I need to induce. And even birth centers will do that. They have a 42 week. Did you not go see an OBGYN for check-ins or you still did? But like, so I don't know how this works. So I went for my initial and I went for my 20 week anatomy scan before I like transferred. after that, you didn't go at all? OBGYN appointments. And I, and when I did went, uh, when I did go, I did no invasive cervical exams. I did nothing. I literally let nobody up there. Nobody. Because the idea is, 
especially as you get closer and closer, they try to check your cervix for dilation. And that is so not an indicator of whether you're going to go into labor. You could be walking around with a four centimeter dilated cervix for three weeks before you actually go into labor. So it does not indicate at all whether or not you're going to go into labor. And they are poking and prodding up there and intervention after intervention, you know, checking things out. Like when it's just, it's super invasive in a lot of ways. I am actually really glad you came on here because now when I'm pregnant, I'm going to be you, but give me five years. (laughs) But like thing, like I did the 20 week anatomy scan to make sure baby had developed properly. Like, you know, make sure they have all their parts. The 20 week anatomy scan is making sure they have like all four quad or, you know, the quadrants of their brain developed properly, their heart, like all of that stuff. They like, they check. So 20 weeks on is just them growing bigger. So I was like, okay, I feel good. And I had midwives, right? So midwives were able to really like do like they did some checkups here and there, but nothing invasive. I did nothing invasive my whole pregnancy with the exception of like, what I would consider an ultrasound. And obviously Luca's healthy. Luca he's like he's like we call him a we call him a gringo cholo, cholo gringo, which is like a like an Inca like American. He's like he's just like strong, like just mixed like crazy, crazy you know, gene. Cause he's like nothing phases him and I don't know. Yeah. I, I kind of joke that he's just like he's his own little kind. Well I'm I'm seriously thankful that you shared this because I actually had no idea about any of this like I said we haven't talked in so long I don't know why um life's obviously busy for the both of us what have you been doing (laughs) give me the no I still want to I have a few questions for you though (laughs) um did you stick to having like because here's the thing with obviously conventional medicine they tell you to avoid raw milk beef liver um raw fish did you eat any of that while you were pregnant um, yeah, I ate all of it. So I went by. I'm like, I'm like so, smiling. No one can see my video on my Facebook session, but I'm like, thank you. Like, I need someone who's oh, eating that on here. I want, I'm like, I'm like, nobody call me. Like, I did my research. So I like, when somebody calls me reckless, I like get very offended because I'm like, okay, so I didn't listen to whatever doctor you're going to, but I did do my own research and people freaked out on me when they saw that I was eating raw ceviche, like raw, like fish and stuff. But I was eating super high quality fish and I was following Japanese culture. And in Japanese culture, a part of a prenatal diet, one of the staples is like raw, super high quality wild caught fish. And I put it in citrus sauce, usually leche de tigre, which is like a Peruvian, like, oh, that's actually like just like a ceviche, like, it kind of like naturally cooks it because of the lime. But I was eating that like every single day. I was eating that, potatoes, and like so much citrus. That that was like my staple of my diet was raw fish. And people like freaked out. They were like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you mean that that is like what you're like eating? I did a Q&A episode last week and someone asked, would you have raw milk and beef liver and yeah. whatever when you're pregnant? I'm like, well, quality matters. Like when you speak with a conventional medicine, they're not telling you to go get random sushi at a store. Like, obviously you don't want to be eating that sushi. Oh, well, you I know, was eating like- at my husband's restaurant and like, he has a very like good, like fish supplier. So I was eating, like, I would literally like go to Artesano every day for lunch. And again, this is not everybody's reality. I understand that. And this was only for, <laughs> it's not even my reality right now, but it was for like a period of my time. Like I had this like luxury to do that. and 
like I knew where he was getting the fish. I knew they had an incredible fish supplier in like the Northwest or the Northeast Atlantic, like high quality fish. Like I was, there was no question. So I, I didn't even bat an eye. Now, like dairy and I during pregnancy, I was having so much acid reflux, which a lot of pregnant women talk about. Mm-hmm. Like acid yeah. reflux is a real thing. And I've never what dealt with it outside of. What did you do for the acid reflux? <clears throat> so you get really constipated during pregnancy <laughs> and you get bad GERD. That's like, I had to manage it with like apple cider vinegar in the morning. I would do like lemon juice and apple cider vinegar. And I had to <laughs> on certain things like, I, I sometimes I would to even do like hydrochloric acid like I would I would have to like settle because it would it would get bad especially like I think it was like the first trimester or the second I can't remember first part of the thing it eventually like subsided but it was bad to the point where I could not drink coffee at all so did I you still have coffee slash caffeine or did you kind of cut it to a specific limit I'm curious Teas, but like coffee in and of itself was not sitting well with me at all so I did it. And some people do fine with it. I I kind of hesitated. I didn't really do any alcohol. I, I like had a glass of red wine, I think once or twice during pregnancy, but it was not something I was like craving because I was already just like not feeling myself. Yeah, so you're like, you don't want alcohol don't really... to you feel even worse. Do you drink while you're breastfeeding or is there a limit on that? I'm so curious. There are people who do it like mix things of like there are people who like drink while they're yeah. Well, there's these tablets that people get that they'll drop the tablet in the breast milk to see like alcohol content. Now, I do not know how accurate that is, but I I don't actively drink a lot on like while I'm breastfeeding. Now, Luca's eating a lot. So I'm I'm drinking now a little bit more because Luca's only feeding a certain amount. So I know by the next time I'm feeding him, it's going to be out of my system. And I like, don't really worry about that. But even when I was like breastfeeding him a lot, I would have a glass of wine and it was not the end of the world. Now, a lot of people won't like, they just like, no, it's too risky. It's too this. Um, And then there's a lot of people that are like, it doesn't even end up in the milk. So it's like very, it's a very controversial topic. But I mean, my friends were, they were like glass of red wine. No problem. Baby's going to sleep great. (laughs) wait lol wait I just lost my train of thought oh did you are you like well obviously he's weaning off or he's eating food but um did you ever have to use formula at all no formula I he I was really blessed with our breastfeeding experience minus the fact that he got teeth at three months and I wanted to die for a bit um I like we had a really good birth which sets you up for breastfeeding in some ways. And unfortunately that is the reality is if you have a C-section, sometimes signals don't like send to make the milk supply come in or there'll be a delay in supply or the body just gets really out of whack when you do not have the the crescendo of hormones as I call it for the actual like birth. And when you have like a traumatic birth as well, like a very, very traumatic birth, whether that's induction, whether that's just a really long birth or sometimes it it can like really impact, you know, your breastfeeding experience. And that's where lactation consultants come in. So um, for Luca, I was really lucky. We ended up like he latched within 10 seconds. He did the newborn crawl, the milk crawl, which is like you put them on your belly and they like will literally crawl up themselves after giving birth to latch. Um, so he did that and he had no problems and they checked him for like tight fascia, like, you know, tongue ties and everything else. And he 
was, you know, really good. And that's another thing that really impacts your breastfeeding experience is if you're working with tongue and lip ties and that frenum, um, it can really hurt as a mom. Like you're like, I, I just have so much empathy for people who are going through that because you're on no sleep. You might as well have been in a car accident with your child and you're their primary care provider to giving them food. And now they can't even eat because they have tight fascia and the, the you know it's causing issues with lactation and it's it, and you're already exhausted and in you're like spending you're up at night he's colicky or she's colicky and it's it's a whole thing honestly like I am so glad you came on here because I actually had no idea that you had a breech birth like it, yeah. it's so shocking to me because <laughs> you never hear about it I I was like I honestly, like, after the fact, I couldn't believe that I had done it. I was like, I can't believe, because I was, like, convinced for a while I was having nightmares. I was like, I'm going to have to, like, go to the hospital. I'm very hospital, like, doctor reversed. I mean, this is kind of but how we you, end- you had not even planned to do a hospital birth. You've always wanted to do a home birth. I always wanted to do a, well, no, I was in the birth center. So I was going to have my own room with a tub, jacuzzi, with, like, nurses, like, well, midwife, oh. midwives on staff, where you go, it's, like, a specific place that you can have babies that's not a hospital. So I was, like, going to this birth center, but they were going to drop me because he was breached. They were like, we can't deliver for you. Sorry. So they're like, you, here's your options. And I was like, what the hell, you know? And I didn't know there were birth centers. I thought most people did them at home, like their home. So like, if you want a natural and medicated birth, there's homes, like there's birth centers and they are not used. Sometimes they are connected to hospital wings, but sometimes they're not. And so this one that I was going to was an independent one and they took a more holistic approach. So different ones have different like philosophies, but there are rules at all of them. So at, at like most birth centers like they will like transfer you if you've been in labor too long and your water's broken they will transfer you if you're past 42 weeks and you're like past the time that they are legally allowed to deliver they will transfer you if you're breached they will you know so there is like limitations versus like a home birth with an independent midwife if you find somebody that is good and skilled um I would say that a lot of midwives still intervene too frequently, like, and you have to find a really good one that like trusts in the process of labor. I think that's really important, but there's a lot more autonomy there. And they bring like a level one hospital to you. Like I only tore a little bit, thank God, um, because of the way that he came out. I tore just like a tiny bit and I was able to get sewed like in my bed right here. (laughs) Like, like they like sewed me up, like, just like really quick. It took no time. They like, they bring all everything to you. Wow. I kind of want to backtrack a little bit because I know you talked about your parents being in corporate America food and such, or your family, your dad's side of family. Do, are they supportive of like what you do? Like how is their health? Cause I know you care about your health. Do you feel like it's, it makes things awkward. I'm like really curious how that goes. Yeah, you know, it was like a Point of contention for like a long time um until they started getting older and I think they started I think like my mom always tried to be healthy she was always like trying different diets out autoimmune protocols because she had some of her own health issues um she was a runner for a long time so my mom had like for a really long time she was very athletic she had like that was like her thing she'd run long distance now she's got like degenerative spinal issues um, so she has a hard time lifting Luca up too much. 
And she's always like been cautious of her diet, but she's never been somebody who's like getting enough protein. You know, she's, I really encourage her in like some of those ways to like, like, Hey, like, let's, you know, let's eat protein. Like let's eat, you know, cause the salads and like a lot of that stuff was what a lot of people I think in this day and age think is like, Oh, that's, that's healthy. That's helping me. Like my, and she's dealt with some gut issues. I think like our family has had some gut issues. So she, she, she does a good job and she really tries and she drinks her bone broth every day. And she's had a lot of like lifestyle changes that have been great. Like she does, she tries not to eat seed oils anymore. And she's, she, you know, she goes to the gym and works out and swims. So she's been great. She's definitely dealt with some health issues. My dad is the one who's definitely a little bit more stubborn and they used to like make fun of me that I like could cook. They, they were like, Oh, Abby's like in college now. And she's like trying to cook. Like, you know, they and meanwhile, like, your husband owns fucking restaurants. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know who her husband is. Well, you never right. talked about him, but he's pretty cool. He's a cool, he's, he's a cool guy. He's, he's a cool guy. He like, honestly, it was so funny though. I brought like him home to my parents and they were like, Oh, you like brought home a chef. I brought him home in the Actually, this is like a funny story. And they thought he was a chef, not your boyfriend? No, no, no. No, no, no. I meet this man. Okay. So, like, low-key, high-key, he slid into my DMs um, while I was living in California because we, like, lived in, like, a similar area. And he was like, hey, you should come. And I think he saw me on a dating app first. Like, I'm pretty sure that's how the story went. But then he found me on Instagram and, like, was like, hey – he invited me and my best friend Paulina to come to uh, his little like pop-up restaurant that he had at the time. And I was like, I'm Peruvian food. Like, let's go. He's kind of cute. Like, again, he was just like little chef working in, you know, California doing his thing, trained at a bunch of Michelin star restaurants there. He was trained at like four of them and had his own little thing going at the time. So I like went and I was like, I, he came out and I couldn't believe that he was the chef. Like I was like, stunned by his like I'm gonna be honest I was stunned by his attractiveness I was just like what? yeah he's attractive you guys need to go stalk her husband I was like this man is a chef and then he came out and he brought the food out and I was like holy shit like this is incredible food and I had never had Peruvian food so that's how I met him he like wined and dined me with his like food I was like did you do this to all the girls like I could only imagine this is like his you know his card that he plays um and then like we really started talking and he told me he loved me after two weeks and it freaked me out I was like what (laughs) that's like really early and then like the pandemic hit like a month into us like seeing each other and I was like I'm going home to North Carolina I don't know what you're doing but your restaurant is closed because of COVID I was like if you want to come with me you can but like I don't know the next time I'll see you if not because I'm going home for a bit he and I booked flights at 1am and we were on a plane to North Carolina to stay with my family by four in the morning and he lived with my family when we first started dating for two months so like if that's not like you've known him for two weeks at this point no I've not known him for a month and he was crazy enough to do it he had already told me he loves me at this point too which freaked me out Um, they're really forward like some of them some of them just like it's just like some of them when you know you know you know so he literally came and he lived with my family like that's like the ultimate test of like is it going to work out? Is it not? Like, this could go so poorly. That was concerning because at the time you're, what, 23? Really freaked out. I called my brother. How old were you at the time? <laughs> and he was 28. So, yeah, yeah, he was 28, 29. I can't even remember. So, I call my brother, who is at home at the time because of the pandemic. And I'm like, 
Andrew, I haven't talked to mom and dad, my boyfriend and I, a couple weeks. I was psycho. I was like crazy. My boyfriend and I, he's like, you have a boyfriend, are booking flights to come to North Carolina to get LA because of the pandemic, because his restaurant just got closed down by the state. Um, So I need you to tell mom and dad. He's like, Abby, it is like one in the morning. You're boarding a flight in three hours. Mom and dad aren't up. So I get on the flight with Rodrigo before my parents had even found out. We were literally, and I like show up. My dad is like in a mask. He is like sanitized. Like he puts like this plastic thing up in the car because he's like, you guys just like flew from across the country where like it's a COVID hotspot. We had no idea what was going on. Like nobody knew. He like shows up. He's like, hi, it's nice to meet you. It's like, hey, dad, this is my boyfriend. Oh, my parents would kill me. <laughs> oh, my, my parents almost did. Like, don't get me wrong. It was. It, it but was, you know, this is a perfect incident of when you know, you know exactly because then they ended up loving him I was like he's a chef so he like cooked for us like during the pandemic like he literally I'll never forget my dad like this is like the moment my dad was impressed he's like we had coconut milk and broccoli in the fridge and homeboy took out those ingredients and like a bunch of spices and made the best broccoli soup my dad's ever had and my dad was like okay I get it he was like okay like that's, <laughs> this that's, is that's, really that's crazy much. Dude, your stories are crazy. I feel like I could like talk to you for like three hours and hear like so much more. I want to hear all about you and like, oh my God, I literally feel like we need another hour. We could go, we could go all day. I feel like we should do a part two though, because I feel like I really do want to learn more about like your restaurant and we didn't even finish talking about your family. Your oh yeah parents. oh yeah that was that was like how my family like my family when they found out he was a chef though they were like oh interesting that's yeah that he's like kind of makes sense because we're all in food but like you guys are different like you know they're like well oh, it's, it's different so how did he long did he stay there and then I know that he obviously you guys opened that restaurant in New York but did he open up other ones in the meantime yeah so um we ended up he ended up selling his shares for the restaurant in California at the time and so he got out of that like situation because pandemic we had no idea what was going to happen the whole thing was just like so messed up so we moved to Tampa and I don't know if you know like the team the Toronto Raptors yeah um, they're like a basketball team so he was the chef for the Raptors like wow. when we moved to Tampa because they weren't allowed to cross the Canadian border so they ended up relocating to Tampa. So when we moved there, he just took over as a chef for like two of their top players um, and was just like doing like private chef stuff at the time. And then right around that time, like he started doing that, finished the season. We went to Peru for a little while and lived together, like just to like, you know, change the scenery. Like Peru is like a really awesome place. And then we came back and he got the offer from investors who had tried some of his food in California to be the new face and to create like the concept for the restaurant in New York city. And they were already in the process of construction and build out. So it was really great timing because they were like, we literally have everything except for the architecture, interior design, the name of the restaurant and the chef. So he was like, great. I will bring my taste for like all of those things. And it worked out. How did you get on board? Cause are you part owner at all oh yeah I mean him and I since we're married like technically like it's you know ours together I was like kind of more hands off the restaurant like in New York City um I may mainly just send 
people there. Like I'll send influencers there and stuff like that um, and hook them up. And like Rodrigo and I kind of like, that's like what I'll do. He goes up there and he's like executive chef owner. So he goes up there for seasonal menu changes um okay so he doesn't have to he's not like the main head chef he's like yeah so interestingly enough in fine dining restaurants I don't know if you've watched the bear it's freaking fantastic it's with Jeremy uh what's his name Jeremy Allen like I don't even know I don't know anything about like how restaurants operate um you should watch the bear because it just like got a golden globe like the actors got golden globes and it's on HB no it's on Hulu it's like fantastic like it's all about like a, a like chef de cuisine from one of the best restaurants in the world and he basically opens up like a anyway they're like the military like kitchens are like the military so there's levels so there's like dishwasher like you know the bottom level and then you've got like line cooks and then you've got like sous chefs and then you've got like pastry chefs on the side then you've got um so there's sous chefs executive sous chefs chef de cuisine um you can be like depending on like how big the restaurant is you could be stationed at different things over different stuff and then there's executive chefs and executive chefs are like a lot of times they're like more like the face of the restaurant it's their food going out they create the menu items but then the chef de cuisine is the one on the line who executes with the team so um, Rodrigo is more like oh he comes for seasonal menu changes oh he comes for PR for Good Morning America for New York Times for like those things um, he'll he'll show up and like you know present himself record film whatever and so that's kind of how it works and now everything's different though because a lot of times executive chefs live in the city that they open the restaurant which we don't so yeah I know that's why it shocks me and I'm like oh she's going to fucking Peru now <laughs> I know. Yeah. No. Yeah. But executive chefs are like very like uh, more like what would you call it? Just like a lot of times they tend to be the face and a lot of times also do managerial type work. So making sure that like orders are going properly, um, suppliers, like that sort of thing. Rodrigo is in a slightly different position than I think a lot are because he's a little bit more on the PR image side and then like actual recipes. Um, and so the the chef and sous chef um, at the restaurant take care of a lot of the other stuff that he can't when he's not there. I know I'm so jealous sometimes of seeing stuff that you guys make and eat and I'm like I need to find myself a chef or something. Hey uh, like I said I know you don't I don't know you don't want ethnic but girl those Latin men they know how to cook and I honestly, know but hey my listeners know my type are pretty white but boys. if you go to Brazil or if you go to Argentina, chances of you finding like a light-skinned Latino, blonde European-looking yeah, guy. Yeah, but are they gonna come to America? I'm not living elsewhere. They love. I'm America. not like you, girl. They love America. America. What? Well, in California, you've got like a good amount of Latin. But again, I not know. my not my type. We got two different types. I will say Rodriguez is pretty cute, but it's not He's usually my what he's, he's, he's actually like asian italian spanish i think so look like looks italian i was gonna say he, he does like majority of the time when people like when we're in europe like people always just think he's european yeah um, he doesn't look he looks european i think that's why i'm like oh like honestly not usually my type but i'm like oh okay he's lived a million lives he was actually mr peru 
<laughs> so he's like, yeah, because before he was a chef, he was a model and actor. So he was like, is that why where most of his following came from? No, no, he did not have a following when I met him. He was like, he, he is like, yeah. He did, did he have a following when you guys met? like 20 30 thousand okay damn but up to a million i know because of all the cooking videos and artisano and like the features that he's done in peru and good morning america and like some of the campaigns he's done in peru he's like in all the grocery stores in peru so he's like yeah so he's like definitely been building it's been building over the last especially last year um yeah it's been crazy like it was a change but when i met him he was like he hadn't done any of that stuff like modeling acting none of that stuff in years because he was in culinary school and then he went and trained in Michigan star restaurants so the, like he was mr peru in 2021 and he was modeling acting like from the age like when he was like when he was 16 he looked like he was a 25 year old boy like he was ridiculous his genetics were like ridiculous ever since he was 15 and now he looks like a baby still i know when he was 15 he was dating a 23 year old i was like what when I was 14 I literally like had it's honestly hilarious to like compare like what we looked like when he was 21 and like walking Mr. World and like lived in like London and like did all this stuff I was bangs braces like buck teeth short hair freckles everywhere like did not know like I like I did not know a thing I didn't even know how to apply I don't think I peaked until a few years ago and I don't even think I'm till really this year <laughs> it's, 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 I'm like motherhood was when I was like okay so um we're gonna need to like work on this a little bit but like right before that I was like feeling good and then motherhood I was like okay gotta got a little work to do no you're beautiful you look the same to me always which is a good thing you don't age I, I honestly want you to come back because I'm like, I feel like we can be talking for hours, but I know a lot of people don't like super long episodes, but I'm like, I literally want to have you back on. Because I told you when we first started. I didn't ask you any questions and we said that we were going to banter, but we didn't actually. It's, it's, it's just me interviewing you. Like, it's not really my, like, people already know everything. I'll just interview you for, for mine. Do you have a podcast? Yeah, I do. But I have like, I have been in the process of revamping it because I started it before I was like, gave birth. And then like things change like when you have a child because you have to do everything like later in the evenings. So. I know. Well, it's actually good though that you're on East Coast time because then it's not too late for me because I hate working late at night. I Yeah, me too. I've had to learn to like adjust myself to like kind of get into a groove because Luca wakes up at like 6 a.m. He's like ready. He's like, hey, mom. Like, oh my God, what are you doing like? I mean, I'm a morning person, so I don't think I would mind. At least it's not 3 a.m. No, I mean, I'm like, I'm like good. I get up at 5 a.m. to go to my 6 a.m. yoga class, but then like Luke is up at 6 and like, I'm like, I'm about to leave and he's like, I'm ready to play. I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So Rodrigo has to deal with him in the mornings. Honestly, I'm so happy for you and I just, I'm kind of jealous of you dating a chef. Um, Like I said, don't count the well, line. like I said, wow. I actually went to a psychic. No, no, no. I went to a psychic and she said I'm meeting my husband this summer through a friend. <gasps> Shoot, I wasn't supposed to say that on my podcast. Because what if it doesn't come true? Yeah, but but like it's okay, we can bleep it out. But wh- how would it not come true? If she's a psychic, isn't it? Doesn't it? So- I keep this in. I'll just keep it. 
uh, say you're speaking it into an existence you're manifesting it like just manifesting this but yeah, yeah like, i wasn't gonna put this in my podcast because everything else my um everything else the psychic has come true pretty much like actually so the one thing she said was i'm meeting my husband through a friend he's a little older than me and i will know when i, I need love him. an older man because they she just said a little older she said a little I, older but i like I, I like young looking boys so he better look a little young but you're one of those. See, I'm like a Henry Cavill. I don't know if you know who like Henry Cavill is. I'm more of like a pretty white fratty looking boy. Who's- no, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> Me and my friend <laughs> that I'm visiting in Tampa, we're like, we're like we like finance boys. Oh my god, no! Tampa is like not it for the dating scene. Like I, I have so. Why many do you think I'm struggling so much? I have. <laughs> who are like on the scene here and like some of the stories i hear i'm like i don't even know i I literally think i have five messages in my i just haven't replied to any of them like ah here i'm not interesting like i literally am like i think i'm the problem because i obviously type is braxton barrios who what'd you say you know who your type is is that who alex or alex Earl's dating i don't even know his last name Yes, it's my he's my friend and he's dating her. He's your friend? Yeah, I've known him for like forever. And I like Why and I also, did you not have me date him? He's your type though, like he is your type though. Wait, you have friends. Hello. I know, but like <laughs> how do I get California my Yummy. he's also taken now homegirl snatched him up there was a lot of drama around that whole thing. i know wait i want to go into th- i literally uh, i love alex Rowe, but i actually talked about her on my last podcast of how i think she's ruining people's health yeah she's accutane girly lexapro girly i know it's tough i mean yeah it's it's hard I literally went on a rant with it actually last podcast for 15 minutes because it just upsets me seeing like stuff that she puts out you will follow her i love this is the thing i love to watch her like i love to watch her that's what i'm saying you know i told i told people i'm like i follow her she's so entertaining she puts with the health stuff i'm like i love her i think that she is like i i don't know why i think it's because i'm like a mom so like watching her stuff i'm like like oh my god like living it makes me want to be go I mean look I'm trying to live my best single life so it makes me want to go out even more and like do all these things but then I'm also like actually crazy I know her roommate Kristen as well because Kristen's from North Carolina and I know her sister Jacqueline and like they used to go clean anyway long story short I have like some of Kristen's artwork like I bought Kristen's surfboards um I had like one of her small like surfer um pictures that I think is on her website but I like knew like it's so funny like I know have you like, met her yeah yeah oh no Alex no I haven't I'm trying to get Alex to come to our restaurant in Miami though like that's my goal I'm Be- sure she would if you have Braxton come with her would love that well he doesn't know Braxton um that's a story for another day wait God, no I need to have you back I'm like wait come I don't know any of this. Like, we have not talked in so long, but now I'm, like... Super cool. I've just known him. I actually, like, don't even know how I met him. We have literally known each other for... Since I was a freshman in college, somehow. Like, I don't even know how. He went... He lived in North Carolina. Like, he's a Raleigh boy. I was born in Raleigh. So, I think, like, 
there were just like a bunch of mutual friends cross paths i ended up like living in some of the same places with him he lived in new york city um he like some of his friends went up to artisana like um the ba- uh the bachelor matt and his girlfriend are, like, i obsessed. love rachel do you know her yeah. too rachel is like obsessed with artisano i have not personally met her you are friends with all these fucking people i like i'm obsessed with rachel she is stunning i hate her no i hate don't hate her i love her and matt so much i literally watch their tiktoks all the time they're super cute Uh, i'm not i'm like wait can i come and meet all these people that you're friends with how do you know all these people um i've moved around so much and like north carolina just breeds hybrid people like North Carolina just breeds these people that end up like in the right place at the right time I don't know that's how I know Braxton and how I know Kristen do you ever know the cast of Southern Hospitality my friend in Charleston is that the Charleston show with the club my my friend in Charleston was supposed to be on that show she's friends with the I don't know them I I want to be on reality tv so bad so are you going to be are you gonna do a dating show what's the deal I've it's not. My brother was on F Boy Island. My brother was just on F Boy Island. I'm trying. Get me on TV. You're the you know who I love from reality TV. You know who I love? Harry Joust. I love him. I have a crush on him. That's my type. But he's so disgusting looking at all that he does. Do you know him too? No, I don't know him. Oh. But I think he's honestly well, like, know people who I would vibe with. So maybe you're the friend that's going to find my husband. <laughs> I'm like, listen, lady, I good luck getting me to stay in the same city for longer than three days. That's regardless, these people like I whatever who I don't know where my my husband can be. Anyway, yeah, we like I, dude, you hang out in any major city long enough. You start to like just like randomly meet people like same thing. New York City. Miami I haven't actually lived there but like that's what LA people are so awful and I could go into it but I've had the worst time finding anyone that's normal they're all mean like I have been so what about some of your brother's castmates anybody he does not want me to be with any man from f-boy island ever but also the cast was he an f-boy was he an f-boy yes He didn't win, but the winner of this show, like I've hung, I've hung out with his castmates before. Like I've hung out with like a few of them, but like the one that I would even consider is already not is already taken, and everyone else is just like no. There's just too much drama in that anyway. Like it's not worth it. It's very much so not worth it. I love living vicariously through people who are dating though, because I'm just like it's been so long that I'm just like wow. So like I need the. Well, I'm single, so like I said, if you just know anyone who's looking, like I will, I will keep my eyes and ears open. A lot of like the people. I'm just upset that you never hooked me up with Braxton. So I think I'm just mad at you. You're not coming back to the podcast. Well, you said like pretty boy, like yeah. Have you had anyone who's that's my guy? Perfect example. He's like he's like the the nice blend though. He was I'm pretty sure he's like I can't remember. I'm pretty sure at one point he told me he was valedictorian of his business school at Miami, something like that. He's like smart. He's also a VC investor. Like I know him through a number of different reasons, but like he was also a VC investor for um like a bunch of different brands and like one of the companies that at one point I was gonna have him like do some stuff with but it didn't work out and there was like but like he's smart he's a smart guy he's 
like very intelligent. Wow, you know so many people. I'm better to like, talk to and be like, terrible. who follows Abby? Who follows Abby? Oh my god. We'll talk off air. <laughs> you're gonna come back and we should do like a reality or celeb recap like a celeb recap i don't know but i'm we have, you well, know we'll people. recap of the golden globes i didn't even watch them like really honestly. i you know it's actually hilarious i like don't talk with my with my news outlet honestly i just scroll tiktok and know all the tea with selena gomez and happened and taylor swift and i, I, I saw that clip everywhere for some reason literally and then it's like people are taking it out of context she wasn't actually talking about a selena gomez like blah, blah, blah. i'm like okay i was like what is happening and i like don't even follow these people to begin with but all of a sudden like my feed was like blown up with like selena gomez whispering stuff to taylor swift to taylor swift yeah that's my feed right now and then all the golden globes albums like oh i went through the golden globes i didn't know you watched it on tv it's like i found everything on the internet tiktok literally posts everything anyway i don't watch the news anymore i just yeah i just open up my my apps and i that's how i find out all the tea literally same um okay let's have people uh, tell me where to find you where to uh, at abby fernandini you want to like restaurants weird. some plugs as well my name is spelled abi which is interesting i know it's always like people get thrown off um our restaurant is called artesano it's a spanish for artisan and it's in tribeca new york so if you're ever up there go get some good peruvian food we also have really good drinks like drinks that will get you drunk fast um okay, i'm gonna go when okay. i if not that's also cool um i'm not much of a drinker anymore but like i'm i'm a cheap date as rodrigo calls me like I, like give me like a, a drink or two and I, like i'm a party on the subway coming home um that's that's the tea that's it my husband is rodrigo for nandini so that's us that's i'll put me. i'll put all this information you guys in the show notes as well put her instagram in there go follow her and her husband and all the food that they eat because it makes me jealous that I don't have a man and I live no. out. We're we're gonna we're gonna work on it. We'll work well, on it. apparently this summer I'll be taken, so okay. Who knows, guys, six more months ish, seven months, maybe I will have a boy. Honestly, enjoy the freedom now then. It's so I don't even want one right now. Like low key, I'm like, I do not like I don't want one is when you'll get one. <laughs> I mean I would like a man but like everyone's just like meh that I'm like I have standards and I like being myself and I like having my because like I think that California has the best I had the craziest dates in California we'll talk off air but I have oh wait no we should go on we should do a dates we should do a Rodrigo be like why are you talking about other dates on a podcast that heard about me? Rodrigo's a 10 out of 10, obviously. So, like, he shouldn't even be worried. He literally hates it when I even, like, bring up any other guy. And like, he shouldn't listen. He's before. not going to listen. I know. He's he won't not listen. listen to this. He doesn't even know who I am. I'm sure he doesn't even know who I am. So, it's okay. I'm sure he, I'm pretty sure I have definitely mentioned that at some point. We'll, we'll do a whole, we'll do a whole segment. We'll do crazy dates. <laughs> I, I literally let us know if you guys like this episode. I'm sure you will. Thank you so much for coming on having me. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I had such a good time recording this conversation. And again, I feel like I could have talked to her for another hour and a half, but I know how it feels to have super long podcast episodes. A lot of us don't really have the time for that. So she will definitely be on for a future podcast recording. I feel like we'll do another check-in, maybe talk about our dating life. My dating life is non-existent. Maybe her past dating life, my current dating life, maybe 
maybe it'll be a little bit more exciting this year because it wasn't last year and I feel like everyone just gives me the egg. Guys, I think I have seven men left on red. Like, I just ignored, I ignore everyone at this point. No one's worth my time. So maybe the next time we chat and we record an episode, I'll have a little bit more exciting updates for you all because I feel like a lot of people keep asking that. I am not actively searching for anyone out there right now. I just don't have time for it. Also, again, I did not want to bring up what the psychic said, but a lot of stuff that she said has come true. So who knows? Maybe your girl will be taken by the end of the summer. We'll see. I don't really have high hopes for that. I'm kind of enjoying my life right now and not having to rely on another human being. You know what I'm saying? All right, please make sure you follow Abby, follow the restaurant. You can follow her husband if you like. All this information will be in the show notes. I seriously hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It definitely did not feel like a normal interview, and I hope it didn't feel that way. It's super hard to find people to banter back and forth with who get me on a personal level, enjoy health and wellness. You know, we have things to talk about. We had so much to talk about. Um, And literally, you guys, like I said, after that I stopped that recording. We talked for another 20 to 30 minutes on Zoom. So she will absolutely be back. Please make sure you do hit that follow button for her. Also, please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't. What are you doing? You listen to me, to me for an hour and a half. You should probably want to keep listening to me every single Monday. Leave a review if you haven't. It really does support me. Hopefully a positive review. Please let me know in the Instagram DMs or email, whatever it might be, how you enjoy this podcast. If you like this episode and what you hear, what you want to hear more from. And I think that's all I have for you today. So thank you again for listening and I hope you have an amazing day.